Welcome to The Alex Tremble Show, where we share the strategies and secrets you need to know in order to successfully increase your influence, build strategic networks, and advance in your career. An award-winning speaker, author, and leadership coach, Alex brings executive leaders from across the world to share their inspirational stories and insights to help you become an exceptional public servant while also reaching your career goals. Without further ado, here's your host, Alex D. Tremble. Today we're going to talk about leadership and you know as a former mayor, uh, former city manager, current council, me- council member, you have a lot of experience in leadership. Right. Um, so I guess I want to ask you the, the first question is uh, maybe a softball question. What's leadership to you? I think, uh, I think it has all kinds of different uh, forms of leadership. Leadership in itself, something when somebody inspires you as an individual or the group that you're in to follow them and do the things they're doing or to either do the things they want you to do, I think that's leadership. Some people come by it naturally, uh, some people uh, struggle with it. Mm-hmm. I know people in leadership positions that aren't leaders at all. Yeah. And you tolerate them during the time they're conducting a meeting or whatever it is, but you're not inspired by them. And I think when people are real leaders, you always remember them. Yeah. You remember their words, you remember what they said, you remember the inspiration you got from listening to them. And, uh, you know, it, it, but it's different, you know, whether you're in a council meeting or on a basketball court. Uh, if you don't have a leader, you have a lost team. If you have a leader, then that's one person that sets the example for everyone to follow. Yeah. So um, that's just kind of a thumbnail sketch. Um, that's not a very good explanation. I could have. And now, you probably won't feel this, but a lot of people, when they get interviewed, they go back and pull out the books and read so they're prepared. I don't. No. I really don't. I mean, you know, and and maybe if you ask me tomorrow after I've read an article about leadership, I'd give you a technical a collegiate kind of answer on what, what's a leader. This is but there's a lot of people in leadership roles that aren't leaders at all. Yeah. So, well, to that point, how have you had to work with people who aren't great leaders? Like, how, if you still need to get your job done, and there's someone you have to work with who is not a great leader, how, how, do, you, how do you navigate that? It's very difficult. Um, I think that... Uh, if you are a professional and you know the job that you have to accomplish um, because you're required to for your job or it's because you want to accomplish because it's an individual goal, what you have to do is you have to be, show, you just have to work with that individual, you have to mold them to go in the direction that they need to go mm-hmm. even if they aren't capable of doing it. And give them the appearance that they're being a leader, and some because somebody's got to be the leader. Yeah. Um, but if there's no leadership there at all, and they're kind of lost, you have to help them. I I, I really like that point. Um, you help them be successful. You help them. <laughs> In order for you to be successful. Sure. Sure. Um, I I feel like I've heard too many times that if this person is not a great leader then I'll just let them fail. I don't care about that. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? It depends upon if they, 
if they are part of a team, your team, or you're part of their team, if you let them fail, you fail. Mm -hmm. I mean, they use all kind of acronyms for team and together everybody accomplish more and so on, but it's really true. You never saw one person win a baseball game or a basketball game. Um, they do great things, mm -hmm. and they may inspire all the other teammates or their other people who are involved with it, but what you want them to do is you want them to succeed. Yeah. Because if they succeed, in all probability, the people in your group are going to succeed too. Mm -hmm. Plus, <laughs> if you're all a part of the team, you don't want to reveal to the public that they have no leadership traits at all. <laughs> because the question is, why are you on a team where there's no leader? Yeah. Why are you working for an individual who has no leadership traits? And it may be a necessary time in your life where you do this. So you help them succeed if you can. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I do appreciate that. Um, and then, again, to dive into this a little more, um, again, you've worked with many different teams and many different organizations. Yes. You've managed many different organizations. How do you go, well, one, how important is relationship building or networking? How, how important is that, have you found? Well, it's, it's going to, if you are, if you become a part of a committee, commission, or a group of people that have a task to accomplish, networking is going to become very important. Not initially. Mm -hmm. First of all, you have to know the individuals. You have to know what their individual goals are. You can't be interfering. You can't be speaking up even if you know they're wrong because now you're a know-it-all, which then causes them to lose faith in your ability to be credible. You can't do that, so you have to establish professionalism, credibility, and given a period of time, and sometimes we don't have a long time, you want them to listen to you if you believe you know what you're doing. Yeah. Often that'll require you to go back and research to make sure you're right. Yeah. yeah. Often it'll go back and require you to research, even going to the college library, looking up all the subjects to become uh, more in tune to exactly what they're doing. What are their goals? Do they even understand their goals? What are their mandates? What are they required to carry out? And you essentially become a temporary expert yeah. in what they're doing. And once you do that and you assist them, then they begin to look to you for assistance. Yeah. So you let them do it. Try to force yourself on them, you just lost out. Uh, and try to explain that you you know maybe you know far more about it than they do. Push yourself on them, you just lost out. Yeah, you have to let them come to you. So one, again, this is why you are good at what you do. Um, though everything you've laid out is, those are the, the, the that's how you strategically build relationships. Yes. You know, one first understanding what they want, um, yes. not just focus on what you want, but what right. they want. And also knowing when to not make someone look stupid, right? Like I said, you don't want to make terrible. Terrible. What you do, if you show somebody up, you know, if you have a group meeting and you show somebody up, everybody else is afraid you're going to do that to them too. Oh. They begin to avoid you. Yeah. Because you're not going to show me up. I yeah. just won't talk to you. Yeah. So you have to establish the kind of relationship where you show them you know what you're saying, your thoughts are informed and mature and that they can rely on you or look to you or lean on you or ask you uh, for advice. And once they start doing that and they get good advice or good answers in the meeting, they then tell others and then before long, 
you have established a leadership role by example, not by saying, not by telling. You know, you're going to tell them, I'm a leader, I know this, yeah. and you'll never be a leader in that group. So you can be leaders in one group and not in another group. So, again, I guess I'll, one last question on this networking piece, this relationship building mm -hmm. piece, is your time is extremely valuable. And I, I, again, I thank you so much for allowing me to come here today and ask you these questions, but you don't have the time to build relationships with everyone. There's thousands upon thousands of people. How do you know where to allocate your time? That's, that's extremely good question. Sometimes you're thrown into groups that you don't want to really particularly be there because it's not your forte. Mm -hmm. It isn't what you're really interested in. You have a subject matter over here, but you may have to belong to this group in order to be acceptable in the other group. And you have to figure out, it's, it's like putting together a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand where the puzzles fit, how yeah. they interlock and what happens. And so very often you're in a group situation or a committee or a meeting or a group that you don't want to be. On the other hand, keep in mind that if you don't want to be in that shows and you fail, you may have failed in other interrelationships that keep you from being in the group that you want to be in. Yeah. So it goes all across the board that you do your very best in every situation where you're comfortable being there or not. Thank you. So on a completely different topic, okay. um, what is something about you that most people don't know about you, but you would like them to know about you? Um, that's, that's another question. I'm not sure I can answer because I'm a very private individual and yet I'm in the public all the time. Um, you've never seen any of my family at any events that I'm at. Yeah. Get sworn in as a mayor, you don't see my family there. You know, they have a different life, they have a private life. Uh, being the city manager, the kids when they were at school didn't tell people I was the manager. Yeah because they didn't need to know. They didn't need to be harassed. Everybody has a relative, a friend, associate um, that gets crosswise with the government. Yeah. My kids didn't need to be harassed because I was the manager. So it was understood that my children never told the teacher or classmates or anything that I was the city manager. That carried on through and being the mayor or anything else, it's just, that's a different, my family's a different world and I've never had them involved. And I'm, I'm at a lot of events where people get sworn in or something and the whole family's there and they're taking pictures. I've often wondered uh, why. I personally would never do that and I've never done that. I've never, ever, ever done that. So, but I've also personally have seen some, very few, of the people that want the family there because they want the family to receive some benefits of their being in a particular job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't like that. I, have, I really have a suspicion that they're using their job to help somebody in the family and for the most part it's not professional and sometimes it's illegal. Yeah. So you never have to worry about that if you never bring your family involved. Most people didn't know for years that I had children or how many mm -hmm. or anything about them because I simply kept them, you know, I was the manager, that was my job, and that's what they saw, they didn't see anything else. So, that, that one, that's a great point. So, what do you say then to, to people who know they want to move up in leadership, but there's a lot of people who are afraid that if they move up in leadership, that they have to be more public, they, they can't keep their privacy. It sounds like you've been able to manage that. There's a lot of people who want to move up, and they do, 
want their family known. Um, I've known I've known a lot of managers, people who have brought their wife in to assist them, to be a part of their personality. Look how this is who I am, and they're mm -hmm. a part of my life. I've heard speeches about. Well, part of the, I can't do the job good unless I have the support of my family. Uh, I can't, you know, my wife is a part of this. You have to understand, and so on. And uh, and I, I I feel for them, and I understand what they're saying. Yeah. But I was always fortunate that I didn't have to do any of that. Uh, I know, I know, a city manager got a job one time because at the interview he introduced his wife and sat out in the corner, and she spent an hour talking to all the council people. And before they ever interviewed anybody else, I turned to the consultant and said, meet the new manager. And they said, I haven't talked to him yet. I said, they didn't need to. I'm watching this process. I know who the manager's going to be. Mm -hmm. She got the job for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. um, and she did. And she became a part of that leadership role without ever being appointed or anything, but just because of who she was, had an outgoing personality. She's very attractive. She would show up at meetings. <laughs> She was the leader of the two without him really knowing it. Mm -hmm. um, she she was a part of his success. So yeah. if it works for them, wonderful, you know. But if it doesn't, then they have to change. I happen to have a very attractive wife, but she didn't want to do that. I didn't want her to, so you know we did, we did, we didn't do that. Uh, I've met a lot of people now that all my children. I got grandchildren and great grandchildren. I meet people say, so I didn't know you had any children. I got six kids. I didn't know you had kids. Those are your girls. I mean, you know, later they got kids, and you know, my oldest daughter has a grandson, and she goes with me places. That this is your daughter. I remember you from back. You know, I didn't know you were his daughter. Well, we didn't tell people that. There was no need to. Why? Yeah. You know, so evaluate me on the job I did, not who I know or who I associated with or where I live or anything. So. So that's just me. No, but but it sounds like you're saying that so. is that someone can move up in leadership positions without having to be so public. Right? That's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Absol and, but one of the things, if you're going to keep, if you're going to make the family very public, whatever the family does is well known and ends up in the newspaper. If you're going to make them very private, they have to understand their role. Mm. And virtually everyone in my family agreed with that. So when my son got a speeding ticket, it didn't end up on the front page of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, but I know people who insist that their family, their family be out front with them. That's okay if, they, if that's what they have decided to do. But I've also seen their name in the newspaper, which is really a disservice, but they're the one that caused it by pushing the family out front. See me, this is my family, this is a part of me. Everywhere I go, that's where they go, whoops. Why did you put their name in the paper? Because you pushed them out front. Yeah. So there's sometimes a penalty to pay. Sometimes there's benefits, sometimes there's not. Uh, in my case, uh, one of the reasons I never talked about the kids when I was growing up, they all went to church school when they were young. And I didn't want the public, public schools criticizing me because the kids went to church school. But there was a reason. You know, the mother was extremely religious. They were raised in the church. They didn't go to the public school, and we didn't talk about it too much because I didn't, you know, me, being elitist, I came to the end of a dirt road in the Ozarks. You know, there's nothing elitist about any of my family. But they liked it, they enjoyed it, and uh, three boys and three girls. The three boys went to one church school, the three girls went to a totally different yeah. church school, until they went to high school. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for tuning in to The Alex Tremble Show. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The results are in. Research has found that networking is one of the four skills absolutely required to successfully advance in your career. However, when asked, most government employees state that they don't network because they believe that networking is for extroverts and for people who care more about their own careers than the organization's mission. But what if there was a way to ethically network without looking self-absorbed and being a super extrovert? Well, there is. Alex Tremble has created a seven-week online networking course specifically designed to give ambitious leaders like yourself the skills needed to become a strategic networker. This course uses time-tested and research-backed strategies to help you identify, build, and maintain critical relationships with influential leaders. Visit alextremble.com courses networking to learn more about his networking model today. Use the discount code podcastfamily on the checkout screen to receive a 20% discount. Don't delay. Enroll today at alextremble.com courses networking. And now back to The Alex Tremble Show with your host, Alex Tremble. So you, you kind of hit on this right now, but how about optics, right? As a leader, you, on one end, it doesn't matter what you do is how people perceive what you do. And so how do you square those two? I, I, I run into a lot of government workers who say, look, I'm trying to do the right thing, but people don't. People aren't seeing it. So how, how do you square those two? Well, there are two sides to it. Uh, in a lot of instances, perception becomes reality if it isn't corrected, or it may be accurate to begin with. On the other hand, if you're, if you're role-playing, people discover it sooner or later. So you have to be who you are. So to start out, you've got to discover who you are. Who am I? What am I? What do I believe in? Where am I going? How honest am I? Um, I think people who do that, aren't, they get in trouble because they aren't always politically correct. I have a friend that if you say, how are you doing today? He hesitates because he's going to give you a politically correct answer because he's done it so long. It's a part of his nature. And so even at a private dinner, his answers and discussions are politically correct. And uh, I don't see how he lives with it. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I am not politically correct, but I don't have to think about it. I say what I believe because I'm honest in what I say. And I do get in trouble with, by saying things. And a lot of people do. Uh, and so I've seen people just ostracized because they were very honest. And I mentioned that the first lady was in the paper with a hard hat and all the criticism about you're not a contractor and you're not an engineer and who do you think you are? But that's nonsense. These people need something else to do. They need a job, but they have time to sit around and watch the newspaper and spend a lot of time criticizing somebody because they had a hard hat on. But we get that a lot lately. Uh, we get people who come to the council meeting and complain bitterly about things. And. Uh, you wonder what's wrong with them. They could be home taking care of their family, their children, they could be doing something good for the community, uh, they could be thought well by their friends and neighbors for doing good things and yet they're just bitter mean people. I don't know where they come from or what they have in mind, but what 
Whereas being bothered me, there's more and more of those kind of people. And then I also have seen, within the last two or three years, people who get up at the public meetings and just really rant and raise hell, and people are there clapping and cheering them. All the wrong things, and you're wondering, why? They didn't accomplish anything. They had no goal, unless it was just to criticize government. Mm -hmm. uh, you wonder, what did they do? Mm -hmm. Do they have a job? What does their family think about? Why would they do that? It accomplishes nothing but causes ill feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we smile, thank you, and go on to the next person. And the following week, if you say, do you remember they came to council? Yeah, what did they say? I don't know. Did you follow up? No. To help. Because all they did was gripe and complain. And there may have been a request or something, but you couldn't tell what it was from all the other extraneous stuff that meant nothing. It got lost in... got lost. Yeah. You know, I have said in a council meeting many, many times, don't come to the podium, kick me in the shins, and then ask me for a favor. You won't get it. Mm-hmm. And actually, that then gets back to your earlier comments where you talk about building relationships. Mm -hmm. Don't go out and try to make someone look stupid or yeah. make them look bad and yeah. then want them to help you later on. Yeah, we have people... Government is stupid, never one of your crooks. And oh, by the way, I need a new curb and gutter. Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I, I don't know why people do that. And I'm told it's because this is what we've become in the United States. You know, we, we see it from the highest level, excuse me, in uh, Washington, D.C., people yelling and calling people names and saying God awfulest things in the world, uh, and then wonder why their friends left them. And my first thought is, or I've even said, what was it that you were trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What did you want? Well, I wanted assistance, then ask for it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. The guy's drowning, and he's telling you what an awful guy you are, and oh, by the way, throw me the rope and save me? Yeah, really? I don't know what's happened to society, but <laughs> we, we see that kind of stuff, and I'm just amazed that people still think that somehow they they have entitlements and yet they can treat people horribly wrong. Sure. It just amazes me. So, so thank you for everything you've feared thus far. Um, we're going to wrap up soon, but okay. um, I do want to ask you two last questions. The first question is, what is the best bit of advice that you've received? Who shared it with you and why was it the best? It's a good question. I was raised by my grandparents. My grandfather worked six days a week, sun up till sundown, and often more. And he always said that work, there's a job for everybody in this world. Work, and work hard. You can always succeed if you work hard. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but you'll rise to the top if you're the hardest worker in the room. The other thing that he said, before it became popular and before I saw it in the movie, always do the right thing. Always do the right thing. And he said, even if it's not in your best interest, if it's the right thing, you have to do it. And years later, when I got sworn as a mayor here, part of the ethics class that we take is you make the decisions that's best for the community, even if they're adverse to your own interest. Yeah. You are elected to serve all the people, and you make those decisions based upon what's good for the community, not what's good for you as an individual. Once you do that, and you live that way, and you make those kind of decisions, and you do it consistently, people can count on you always to do the right thing, 
and make the decision that's best for the community. And they're never worried about, are you making a decision because it's best for you as an individual, mm -hmm. your family, your friends, your business acquaintance, they know it's not. Yeah. And that goes a long way. And I hear that a lot, that they people know I'm going to make an honest decision that's the right decision, even if they disagree. Yeah. The other bit of advice, my grandfather taught me, uh, I had come home from the Navy. I joined the Navy when I was 17. And I was complaining to so many people, you don't know who likes you and who don't. And he said, in life, don't, you don't care if they like you, but make sure they respect you. And I always remembered that. That's kind of the second thing of working hard. Make sure people respect you. You can do things to gain respect. And don't worry if they like you or not. So thank you for those again. Um, two things. One is about you, not me. But I do, I always share, whenever I come out to Victorville, uh, my parents live out here mm -hmm. still. And I, every time I go out with my dad, I, I, it reminds me of an incident that happened when I was a little kid. We didn't have much money growing up. Um, we were at this Taco Bell gas station, and um, I asked for a cup of water, and they gave me the water cup, and I went over to the soda machine to get the water, and I started putting Sprite in. And my dad stopped me, had me pour it out, and he told me not to ever do that again. Yeah. And I, I was honestly really, so I'm like, Dad, it's just a little... And he was like, no, you don't do that. Yep. And I've kept that with me ever since, like just doing the right thing. Um, yep, do the right thing. I can remember when I was probably four or five years old, we, we had these little penny suckers in the store. And I took one. And my grandfather took me by the hand and said, did he give you a penny? And the guy said, no. And so my grandfather made me go outside and look to find a penny because <laughs> I had to pay for it. I still had the sucker. Mm -hmm. And I was embarrassed. I, was little, I wasn't in school yet. And I looked all over the parking lot and I didn't find a penny. So he finally said, well, you have to pay for that or you can't leave the store. And I was scared. Am I going to get arrested? So no, but you have to pay for it. So finally, my grandfather took out a penny and gave it to me and said, you pay him. I'm going to loan you the penny. But when you get home, you've got to cut firewood to pay me back. Yeah. I never took another thing. He <laughs> work half a day cutting firewood for a penny. For a penny. <laughs> but I always remembered that. So he was very honest. That's an awesome story. Um, and then I guess I'll, I'll hang my head on my last question, which is now different based okay. on your story. Um, I tell people generally that, you know, there's a saying, I'd better, rather be um, respected than liked. And I generally say, yes, you want, you want to be respected, period. Um, but being liked is really good because if people like you, they're, they're more likely to do things for someone they like for someone they don't like. Um, do you believe that you know, maybe it's, if you're not focused on being liked, but if you are focused on being respected, you'll eventually be liked? Or does it even matter? Do you, what do you think? Well, I've never, I've never thought, I, you know, I grew up with my grandfather. If you have five real good friends in your life, you're a success. Because, you know, what's a really good friend and what's an acquaintance? And that's yeah. a subject all on its own. I have a lot of friends, but I really have very few really close friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always wanted to, I've wanted, always wanted to be respected for the work that I do. And I think that people begin to like you if they respect you. But I know a lot of people that are likable but not respected. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they like them because they're, 
of their personality, but behind their back then they'd find them. Yeah. And that can happen to all of us. But I've never ever worried about being liked by anyone except my family. And I really want to do things so that my family likes me. I, I just know so many people where there's these problems in the family. The kids don't like their parents and they don't like each other and so on. And I think the, 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 the family bond is extremely important. And so, uh, you know, here it is, you, I'm 80 years old and every Thanksgiving and Christmas, all my family and my kids and my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren all come to Papa's house for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And not particularly because I want them to, it's a lot of work, but they want to. Yeah. That's what they want to do. And they always come in the day before or two days and the house is full or we're sleeping on the floor and, you know, but that's what they want to do. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's because they like me. Yeah. And that's what's important, that my family likes me and respects me and so on. But I don't know, it's just something my, my grandfather said, you don't care if they like you or not, but make sure they respect you. Uh, a lot of people will follow my advice because they expect respect me. I don't think it's because they like me. Mm, mm. And I don't know if they do or not. I don't mm. really worry about that. Well, Jim, um, I'm going <clears> to... <throat> oh, Council Member Cox. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to... We'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, I am going to ask you to say a few words um, after we end, uh, whatever advice you may have for the for those watching. But I will say, as, as I always have to say, is please, if you appreciate it, uh, what... Um, what Jim shared today, please click the like, subscribe, please share this message with as many people as possible. We want to help. This series is specifically geared towards helping government employees across this country. And with your help, we can help as many more, uh, many, many more. So thank you so much. Okay. Well, you're certainly welcome. Yeah, one of the things that, uh, that we didn't touch on very much was, uh, if any, was the education of people who work for public agencies. I've always been disappointed that the general public believes that public employees get political appointments or they get the job because of who they know or their friendship. And I've heard so many people say, well, they probably aren't qualified for the, for the job. What I have found, and I have 40 years of experience, um, plus teaching college and a bunch of other things, public employees are better educated as a group than a same size organization in a private sector. I don't know why. Uh, that's been my experience. They, they are interested in being educated. They strive to do it, sometimes in several fields. But if I take a look at this organization or the other private or the other public organizations that I have dealt with, uh, and I've sat on interview boards, I'm always amazed at the, at the qualifications. Highly qualified public employees, and the general public doesn't know that. They don't realize it, and I don't think they have a real good understanding of the high standards that are set. Uh, all the people in the management positions are highly qualified. I think everybody in this organization has a master's degree except one, and years of experience, and experience in two or three different backgrounds. Um, so I, I think that they do a good job, but there's a suspicion on the behalf of the public, and we don't tout that. Uh, we don't tell people that. We don't brag on ourselves. But I think it's really important that the education be pushed and, and I wish the public had a better understanding of what we go through. I, I said earlier I was born at the end of a dirt road and I wasn't sure I could go to college and I ended up with three degrees and graduated from USC and very proud of it. But the fact is, is I didn't say anything about it for the longest time. People didn't even know that I had a master's from USC. 
I didn't list it. I didn't list it on my bio. But then I began to find out that all the other people in the organization were also had education and bachelor's and master's degree. And it makes it, uh, it makes it really easy to understand that these are bright, intelligent people that know what they're doing and do a great job. And difficult when you're dealing with the public and they believe that everybody's a political hack and not qualified for the job. And why are they paying all of those outstanding uh, salaries? You know, where's my taxpayer going for these people if they only knew how qualified they were? The people who work with us real closely, the business people who come in here, um, the developers that come in here, the work we go through to totally develop this community or create jobs are always surprised when they find out the person they're working for, how qualified they really are for those jobs. And I, I wish we could tell that story a little better. And that's a failing of a public, public agency, in my opinion. And we look at Washington, D.C., and we read about all these people who got these political appointments, but we don't read anything about their background. For the most part, they're really highly qualified, but that's not touted. What's touted is their friendship with their congressman or senator or the president. And uh, that's doing a disservice. So we need to talk about what it takes to get these jobs and what does it take to do it. And uh, even the people at the lower level, you know, the girl that brought you in here has a bachelor's degree. You think she's just a clerk. She's not. She knows her job. She has other jobs to do. And most people in, in public organizations uh, are very proud of that. And I'm proud of them for, for, for striving to do that. So I just wanted to add that. Thanks for listening. Find us online at thealextrembleshow.com and be sure to share what you've learned with at least one other person today. Check back on the first and third Wednesday of each month for new episodes. Until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.